Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. Carolyn, I'm part of the leadership team here at Bridge City Church, and it's truly an honour and a privilege to be standing here um, on this very, very important day, Good Friday, um, to bring to you the word that I feel the Lord's laid on my heart. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, this very special day, in reverence and awe, and with heartfelt gratitude as we think about your enormous love and sacrifice for us. I ask, Father, as I bring the word you have placed on my heart, that you would speak through me, that it would not be my words but yours, as you bring your message of love to each individual here in the building and online. I pray you would help each person to hear the very personal message that you have specifically for them today, and that every heart would be drawn closer to you. I give you all the honour and all the glory and pray this in the most holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Today is Good Friday, the day Christians all over the world remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us in giving up his life so we may live. Jesus, who left heaven, clothed himself in a human body and came to earth to do for us that which we could not do for ourselves, to save our lives and give us the opportunity to share eternity with him in heaven. Jesus became human. He was also fully God, but chose to live a human life with all its ups and downs, joys, sadness, terrible pain and suffering. Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life, showing us how to live in relationship with Father God as a model for how we should live. But the ultimate purpose for his coming to earth and living amongst us was to give up his life as a perfect, unblemished sacrifice. Jesus resolutely set his face towards the cross, taking our sin and our punishment on his shoulders to accomplish God's plans and purposes for his life and ours. Jesus suffered beyond anything we can imagine the greatest suffering occurring with the separation from Father God as he endured the cross. He endured and he was victorious. He did it for you and he did it for me. It was all because of love. The length, breadth, height and depth of God's love are beyond comprehension for they are infinite. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. For anyone here today or online that might be wondering why it was necessary for God to do this for us, let me take you back to the beginning. As we read in Genesis, the first book in the Bible, we read that God created a beautiful world. It was perfect in every way, and in its perfection, 
is everything all of us long for today. Think back to the beginning of creation. Imagine a world with no smog or pollution, no weeds or thorns, no sickness, no disease, no heartache, no poverty. God created this world for us, the people he created, to live in, take care of and enjoy. He created people to live in relationship with him, to walk and talk with God, to love him as he loved them and how he loved them. He loved them with a love far bigger than the biggest love we can imagine and that we have ever um, felt for any other human being. That's hard to imagine as a parent who loves their children how you could love more than that. Yet God loves much more than that. Author Jerry Bridges says, God's unfailing love for us is an objective fact affirmed over and over in the scriptures. It is true whether we believe it or not. Our doubts do not destroy God's love, nor does our faith create it. It originates in the very nature of God, who is love, and it flows to us through our union with his beloved son. Sadly, Adam and Eve, the people God first created, made a choice to obey the devil and to rebel against God. Genesis 3 tells us that Eve did the one thing God told them not to do, and at this point, sin entered the world. The first choice, that first choice, started a cycle of wrongdoing and evil practices in the once perfect world. Over the years, things became worse, with people's hearts becoming far removed from God. We can all see that the earth groans with the weight of poor choices by humans. God is all-loving, all-powerful, sinless and perfect. He is holy. And as we think about his perfection and holiness, we become acutely aware of our own wrongdoings and shortcomings. Even if it's not obvious in our actions, it most certainly is in our thought life. Sometimes we as humans daily tolerate wrong. Otherwise, we couldn't be around each other and we most certainly couldn't be around ourselves. We can be guilty of sinning against God in thought, word and deed. Or maybe this is just me. God, because of his holiness, cannot tolerate sin in his presence. Imagine a good judge in the courtroom who always judges fairly. He wouldn't want to release a murderer into the community. He would need to operate in justice and to pronounce the judgment that was fair and necessary. So it is with God. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God was unwilling to turn his back on his creation, so he covered their sin with blood. Now he would not have to look at their sin, for all he would see was the blood that covered this sin. God commands a blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. The first blood sacrifice was in Genesis 3, where God himself killed animals and made clothing for Adam and Eve with the skins. Later in Genesis, God made a blood covenant with Abraham, which was the foundation for the relationship of God to his chosen people, who he would bless and who were to represent God to the world. Later again, God also made a covenant with the Israelite people through Moses. In Leviticus 17, verse 11, God said to Moses, For the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life 
that makes purification possible. Hebrews 9.22 In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Over thousands of years, people repeatedly violated the covenant God had made with Abraham. People had been trying to get close to God, but their own goodness wasn't enough. They would draw near to God, offering sacrifices of repentance, start living good lives, and then something would happen and they would turn away again from God. This cycle repeated itself over and over. And I'm sad to say that I've had some cycles like that in my own life. God, because of his all-consuming love for mankind, made a plan that would allow us to stand in his presence, to live in relationship with him and to live forever after we die. He would send his one and only precious son, Jesus, to be that perfect once-for-all-time sacrifice on our behalf. The Old Testament book of Isaiah prophesies Jesus' life and death approximately 700 years before Jesus' birth. In chapter 53, 1 to 12, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honours of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. All the way through the Old Testament points towards Jesus. While the people of the Old Testament didn't know Jesus, they did believe God would be sending them a saviour. All of the many, many blood sacrifices seen throughout the Old Testament were foreshadowing the true, once-for-all-time sacrifice to come so that the Israelites would never forget that without the blood there is no forgiveness. 
in Hebrews 9 and 10, it mentions that all of these things were only copies or shadows of the better covenant to come. The lives of animals could never remove sin. The life of an animal is not a sufficient substitute for a human life. The blood of bulls and goats was a temporary appeasement until the final, ultimate blood covenant was made by Jesus Christ himself, who was fully man and fully God. The covenant was originally for Abraham's physical descendants, but was later extended spiritually to all those who, like Abraham, believed God. God's promise of eternal blessing is given only on the basis of faith in the saving blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9:13 to 15. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. And in Hebrews 9, 27 to 28, And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. All along, God planned to send his son Jesus to earth as a baby to live a sinless life, showing people through his own life what God's love really looks like and to die the death of a criminal on a Roman cross, enduring the punishment that should have been ours. God would then raise Jesus back to life again, having victory over death and through Jesus enabling us to have eternal life. That's why Jesus came, a lamb without a spot or blemish, a perfect sacrifice for us to pay the price that only he could. All our good works and good attitudes and intentions won't get us to heaven, but only accepting Jesus' death and resurrection at Calvary. The sole purpose Jesus came was to die for us as there was no other way for us to get to heaven. Author Max Lucado writes... Stop and listen. Can you imagine the cry from the cross? The sky is dark. The other two victims are moaning. The jeering mouths are silent. Perhaps there is weeping. Perhaps there is silence. Then Jesus draws in a deep breath, pushes his feet down on that Roman nail and cries, It is finished. What was finished? The history-long plan of redeeming man was finished. The message of God to man was finished. The works done by Jesus as a man on earth were finished. The task of selecting and training ambassadors was finished. The job was finished. The song had been sung. The blood had been poured. The sacrifice had been made. The sting of death had been removed. It was over. A cry of defeat Hardly. Had his hands not been fastened down, I dare say that a triumphant fist would have punched the dark sky. No, this is no cry of despair. 
It's a cry of completion, a cry of victory, a cry of fulfillment. Yes, even a cry of relief. It's over. God still loves all people today with a love that is completely unconditional. It's hard to understand this kind of love as so many things are conditional in our world. He loves you. He is thinking about you when you go to sleep. He is still thinking about you when you wake. He watches over you as a parent lovingly watches over their child, celebrating your successes, crying with you in your sadness. God loves you simply because he loves you. You don't have to impress him or straighten out your life before he loves you. God loves you. He loves people who go to church and he loves people who don't. He loves all people. He loves you whether you know him or don't know him, whether you want to know him or not. All God asks of people is that we would believe that he sent his son Jesus as a perfect sacrifice, a substitute to take our place. That we would acknowledge that our wrongdoings have kept us separate from God and choose to believe in Jesus as our Savior. The Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is whoever, anyone who wants to. It is you and it's me. His mercy and grace are nothing to do with our behavior. We can't earn his love and forgiveness. God gives it freely. The Bible states in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. He has heard your silent prayers seen your tears, knows your deepest needs, knows all of your good qualities, your darkest secrets, and he still loves you deeply and passionately. There is nothing you can do to make him love you more and there is nothing you can do to make him love you less. God loves you with a love far greater than you can begin to imagine. If there are people here or online who have not known Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, or who have known him and walked away, as I did at one point in my life. I would like to invite you to pray a prayer with me, a line in the sand prayer on this Good Friday 2021 that will be life-changing as you allow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to enter your life. You will never be the same again. He invites you to love him. He invites you to follow him. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life selfishly. I am sorry and I ask you to forgive me. 
I believe that you died on the cross to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you that because of what you have done for me, I will spend all of eternity with you. Amen. If you prayed this prayer, please share it with someone. If you are here in church, please see one of the leadership team so we can support you and pray with you. If you're on online, we encourage you to contact us at Bridge City Church. We would love to support you in your life-changing decision. And now to finish this Good Friday service, let's pray again. I'm going to read this prayer from Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Let's pray. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 